What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And it's my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today. She's an old friend from the college days, the old Bethel college days, Janelle Pauls. Welcome, hey. Janelle. Hi. I heard that little giggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't keep it in. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I wanted to call you out on it anyway. It's good. I I like the giggle. It's just, this is just what I've, uh, I even played around a little bit with my intro before we got going and before I called you. And I wasn't sold on it. So. <laughs> I have like a new motto for Crazy Face Uno. So, oh, like, hit me. Yeah, it's everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I've fully embraced the fact that Crazy Face Uno is a storytelling brand. So, Great. yeah, I've, okay. I've been like, like, struggling i guess or trying to like define this and going back and forth where i like yeah. it's a brand but then i was like do i want it to be a brand like is that what i want to say yeah. and then i went to like initiative i went to like this thing this uh-huh. <laughs> you know this venture whatever and i'm like no it's a storyteller brand that's what i'm that's what this is so yeah yeah no i'm a firm believer in you're never finished so oh yeah keep working it keep working it i think that's great thanks yeah like i said we in the beginning we uh we met, we know each other from the old Bethel College days, now Bethel University, moving up in the world. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, I was telling you as well that I honestly, it kind of bums me out, but I really know very little about your <laughs> life nowadays. And so this is like exciting. Like I, I go on and everybody that, if you've been listening, uh, if you're a, a subscriber, a fan of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, you have heard me say this before, I go on to Facebook and I generally just write down things. I have like five things written down. <laughs> and uh, That's a little, that's almost intimidating. It's like, what do I have on there? Uh, not a whole lot. So <laughs> don't worry. Uh, okay. I've already covered one, Bethel College. Uh-huh. Um, we'll go to my next one. You stu- studied liberal arts at Bethel. Correct. Correct. Um, I believe you are one of three siblings. Four. Ah, four. You only have two of <laughs> One of them doesn't have Facebook. One of four. Uh, that's not true. Oh, well, you're not, you haven't labeled two, them as a, I guess you, you don't know. Yeah. You but haven't I labeled have... them as a, uh, as a brother or sister <laughs> on your Facebook. <laughs> Calling you out right I'm... now. That means I dropped the ball somewhere. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Now you just got to go fix it before they hear it. Like, oh, no, it was totally there. I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I have uh, I have two sisters and a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. My older sister is married and my brother is married. And nice. then I have a younger sister. Cool. And I'm smack in the middle. Look at you. Middle child. How's that? Yeah. It's, <laughs> I almost just said, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wonderful. I mean, I love my siblings dearly. It, I think, I think I think about, about once a day, I think about how different they are. Mm. Um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of awe-inspiring how, like, 
each every each of us all four of us are so drastically different very very different and we um we were all raised by the same parents in the same environment and you know we still hang out with each other pretty often we all live in this area ish yeah Um, which is south bend correct yeah that was my my fourth thing i had written down south bend okay um so my sisters and i um and my parents all live in south bend and then my brother and his wife live in goshen which is about uh about 40 minutes um southeast of here yeah um so we're all in the same area generally speaking and um yeah i mean we get together all as big family once in a while and you know for bigger events and we Mm -hmm. love spending time together, but yeah, it's, and yeah, it's just kind of crazy and interesting how different each of us are. Yeah. It's kind of cool though too, right? Oh, it's amazing. My wife is a middle child as well. And I, I grew up an only child and I have a stepbrother and sister, but like they came along later in my life. And I feel like now that they're getting older and I'm maturing and, getting older as well like now we kind of have a relationship but they're off doing Uh their own thing and like I don't live in the same area so like yeah I'm I'm very much an only child and so like the sibling thing always is interesting to me yeah yeah if you don't experience it your whole life it it would be entirely foreign yeah completely but (laughs) but I mean for you it'd be kind of a bonus so that's cool yeah absolutely um on the topic of Dana Yes. I have never met her in person, as yes. you know, but um, I just like listening to your podcast and like hearing her story mm. a little bit. Yeah. I am 1000% convinced that we would be friends. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, amazing. Totally. She is absolutely. I mean, I love, amazing doesn't even do her justice. And I, I like can firmly say that. And I know I'm a little biased, but she's well, yeah. she's amazing. Yes. Yeah, just listening to um, kind of her story and the way she thinks. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I'm very impressed. Not that, not that she or you needs my approval, but I like. <laughs> I appreciate the approval, nonetheless. <laughs> I tell you no what, problem. and it's funny because I, full disclosure, like full vulnerability, right? Um, sure. Like our last podcast, I. I want to shoot, like, shout her from the rooftop. And, like, I think she's just an amazing human being, an amazing woman. And, um, yeah, her story is beautiful. And it's, like, she just touched the surface of it. And it's so hard for me being her husband and someone who knows her, like, very, very well (laughs) um, Uh to, like, tread lightly and to know where to ask questions and where not to which is kind of Uh why you heard me not say anything and and in a lot of ways like I'm I'm kind of embarrassed of my role in that podcast I'm not gonna lie because what do you mean well because I I feel like I wasn't behind the scenes like you guys don't get to see me you guys don't get to listen right like you just you get to like see what what gets put out there I guess but like I, I wasn't the most. Uh, I like didn't foster the best like presence to be for her to tell her story. I mean, she got to sure. tell her story, but 
there's so much more to her. There's so much more that she could have talked about. And there's so many, like, a, a depth to her that she didn't get into. And it's not that she didn't want to. It's just that I don't feel like I fostered the most, like, uh, the, the best environment for her to do that. And it's just hard as someone who knows her. And I just don't know where, you know, we didn't really talk about it beforehand, which I kind of like. It's kind of like us, you know, like we didn't discuss uh-huh. anything. We haven't caught up. Like this is us catching up and we get to just have this organic conversation. And I want uh-huh. that. Um, but I think it's, it has to be different when you know the person a little bit closer and more intimate. And I don't know. It's like I just want everyone to know how amazing she is. And I actually really do appreciate you saying that. Like I yeah she she goes she flies under the radar like she is Simon like my ability to do what I'm doing right now is all because of her and um she strengthens me she pushes me she challenges me um she has allowed me to mature and develop and become the man that I am today and I'm just so grateful to have her in my life and I'm so proud of her. Like she, she is just crushing it and, uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Betty, that was beautiful. Thanks. That's amazing. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm tearing up over here. God. I kind of am too. So it's okay. Wow. No, yeah. I just, I just, I mean, we, we joke about it. Like we're complete role reversals in so many ways and we're totally cool with that. Like that's not a, it's nothing like it's not a knock it's not a it's just like we no I think we enjoy it I think it's fantastic <laughs> yeah like I'm yeah. the emotional one you know like I'm the crier I'm the like in touch with my feelings I'm the one that's like you're not listening to me like come on sure. like, listen to me like I don't know and she's sure. the one that's supporting our family and I'm the one that's the house husband right yeah. now <laughs> it's it's so. so incredible that you mentioned that because um, my parents, as I was growing up, were mm-hmm. exactly the same way. Yeah. My mom has always been the breadwinner, and my dad has always been the like um, the supportive. He's much more emotionally inclined. Not that not that my mother is a uh, you know yeah cold hearted yeah no completely but, get it. Um, but you know my dad is. My dad cries probably 50 times more than my mom does. Yeah. I cry um, like once a day. Like, no joke. Sure. 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 <laughs> and, um, yeah, so my – it's so that was, that was the environment that I was raised in. And it – for a woman, it was very empowering. Mm, for yeah. um, – I imagine for my brother, it was a really healthy environment for him to be raised in as far as, you know – male um masculinity like being able to express your emotions freely and not feel shame about it yeah i think that it was you know that was one of the best gifts that my parents have given us yeah absolutely well and and i think that's why i want to shout her from the rooftops in so many ways is that like man like i everybody that knows me like especially nowadays i don't know how much i was this way in college when we knew each other best probably but um like I'm just I'm an emotional passionate person and so like yeah I mean uh, I, I probably would have always described you as passionate yeah I think that um emotional that description I there was probably a lot I didn't know about sure, you know sure and I think yeah. there was a lot I didn't know about you know of yeah like trying to just such a coming of age time too but oh yeah 
Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I, just... we were, I think when we all revisit who we were as college students, it's mm. a completely different era. Like like the other day when I sent you that picture. Yeah. Oh my uh, you were like, oh my God, 11 years ago seems like a lifetime. Seriously, though. It does. And just looking at those, looking like looking at my face in that picture, it's like, yeah, it's me, but I hardly recognize who I was. Likewise. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I want to dig Those into that big, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those big chunky earrings can't stop, though. <laughs> at a girl, <laughs> at a girl. Yeah, you can't, you can't take that away. You can't. You gotta, keep, <laughs> no. you gotta hold on to that for sure. <laughs> I don't even have them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got some that have replaced it, though, right? Let's... Uh, yeah, I'm sure somewhere. Bring them back, that. Janelle. Bring them back. I'll I'll look for him. I'll see. Don't behi- don't hide behind those little guys. Get those big old big old bad boys out. Oh God! <laughs> I think I was wearing a T-shirt too. Like not even <laughs> anything stylish. Oh it was man! Like big chunky red earrings and a green T-shirt. Hell yeah! It's September. You do you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you look exactly the same, of course. You think so? Yeah. I actually have a mustache right now. Well, I know you, I mean, facial hair, sure. But, like, as far as your face, Mm. you look the same. Well, thank you, because I've worked really hard to get back to that place. (laughs) (laughs) I I let myself go there between the 11 years of that point in time to now. And Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I've just been constantly since my 10, since what what have we been? Two, three. 2016 so three years ago yeah I've um I've started to take care of myself and started to care about myself more and started to really work on the man that I am and who I am and uh I'm I'm proud of myself for the changes and the things that I'm working on and I'm also I don't let myself off the hook and so I got some work to do still you know yeah you're never finished that's right. Never. Yeah. Which, you know, you know, we kind of touched on it with um, my wife and Dana sure. and, you know, her life and roles growing up and whatnot. But the fifth thing that I have written down, which is something I want to talk about as well, is First Woman Podcast. Oh, yeah. And because I that's a. I don't know a lot about it. I have listened to a little bit, um, but I have to be honest, I haven't listened to as much as I would like to have. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I would like to, first off, plug that. You have a podcast called First Woman. First Women. First Women. Yes. Pardon First me. First Women. First Women. Yes. And I think it's awesome, and I have a feeling I know a little bit at least of the heart behind it but will you tell us what how this started where it came from the idea what you want to like what it's about sure so um it the idea of it came from um this somewhat random road trip that i took by myself up to the up Hmm. i had a um I have a cousin who is an Episcopalian friar. He's the bomb. And um, he 
had a work assignment in the Episcopalian churches up in the UP and he was going to be there for, I believe it was like 10 weeks. Oh shoot. Turn your phone off. God. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that little ding. Oh, you're fine. No it's silence now. We're good. I thought it was your um, coffee mug. So <laughs> I'm cheersing myself. Over Cheers. <laughs> um, so he, so my cousin, was on a work assignment for about eight to 10 weeks up in the UP during the summer. Cool. And I had never been up to the UP before. And um, it is not close. Although, <laughs> no. <laughs> although you it mean, seems if like you're it looking might be. at the country, <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at the country as a whole, it's a lot closer than some places. Yeah. But it would be about the same as driving from here to Florida. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And just so people, so, if you're listening and you've never heard the word UP, that's the upper peninsula of yes. Michigan, which it's detached from like yeah. the like hand or the glove of Michigan, like the Michiganders yes. like to use. Um, uh-huh. It's above the, the Great Lakes there. It's that little part up there. And it's a totally different culture, which maybe you'll get into. It is. Yeah. So it's about, you know, a lake away from Canada. Yeah. And um, we were on the Lake Superior side in Marquette. Mm. And um, so the whole you can drive across the whole um, the whole peninsula in I would guess I someone's going to fact check me on this and shout do at it. me from the Internet, whatever. Please do. do. Um, I'm going to guess like seven hours. You can drive across the whole thing. Um, Marquette was. Or is it still is? I'm sure it's still there. Um, <laughs> Hasn't gone anywhere. Marquette, <laughs> hey Marquette, how are you? Um, Marquette is about is pretty central on the north side yeah. of the peninsula. Um, so yeah, so I drove up there on I believe it was a Friday, and I left on a Sunday, and um, so I spent in the course of three days I spent 16 hours in a car by myself, and um, it was, I listened to podcast after podcast after podcast, yeah. and it was really fun to just kind of be, it, it, the whole time it felt like a montage of every movie you've seen where someone drives on a road trip by themselves. Like, that's how <laughs> yeah. it felt. Yeah. Where there's, like, cool music happening in the background, and you're like, I feel free. It felt like that. Yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> and uh, while I was driving this road trip listening to these podcasts it kind of just occurred to me like i should do this yeah i can fucking do this hell yeah and i should and then there's that kind of inner dialogue where it talks back and you say so Mm. what would you talk about Mm. and then immediately i knew i want to talk about female pioneers the first woman to do this the first woman to do that absolutely and then well, and then the conversation continues. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. Who would you who would you do it with? And I knew exactly who I wanted to do it with, and it was my sister Tessa, who is five years younger than me, and she and I have this chemistry, this kind of rapport, mm-hmm. like no other person that I know, where we can just kind of get into our own little world, sometimes to our faults, yeah. um, and just roll with it, and it's a lot of fun and so each week that we record um tessa and i each cover a female pioneer the first woman to do fill in the blank and 
um, we kind of, we don't share with the other person who we're going to talk about. And so the reactions that you hear are genuine and real in real time. And it's fantastic. We've had a couple guests so far to come on and um, kind of just be with us. We have yet to have a guest that um, would come in and share their own story that they've researched. Yeah. But we're hoping someday. (laughs) You should, I'm going to, when we get off this podcast... I'm going to give you my wife's email, and you should email her. Okay. She would take it okay. seriously, and I'm sure she would do it if you wanted her to and asked her to. Hell yeah. So Dana. Dana, if you're listening. I know you'll be listening. You, She's catching up. So she, she listens. I think she's like probably like five or six episodes back. So she'll get here eventually. Yeah. And then Great. she'll come home and be like, honey. <laughs> <laughs> your impression <laughs> it's probably more accurate than I, than she would like to like admit maybe but i don't know okay anyway but yeah um again to plug once again first women podcast first women. on soundcloud that's where we have it right now yep. we are we're we're taking it really slow and um just kind just trying to see what we're comfortable with and how how we want to manage things yeah. because we're doing it by ourselves and yeah, um, I, we both I have, it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you do. Um, yeah. And we both work. And so, you yeah. know, it's just kind of what, what we feel comfortable with at the time. So um, sure. you can find us on Instagram as well. First women podcast is our handle. Nice. First women mm-hmm. podcast. I don't know if you hear that, but my dog, yeah. Chansey Poo, is uh, dreaming down here. Oh, he's snoring? Yeah, he's like Aww. barking in his sleep. Little buddy. I know. I'm just going to let him go. But he's uh, he's actually my podcast, like, you know, co-host, but nobody knows. He's just, he flies under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty quiet most of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty much all the time. Yeah. He's a, he's a sleepy dude. He likes to sleep. I actually have an Instagram page for him. As well, it's called the yeah. Chancy Poo, and yeah, it's fun. It's just like my ability to like collect pictures. I have so many pictures of him, so I'm like, why not just post them? So yeah. But anyway, back to First Women podcast available on SoundCloud currently, and yeah. also available. Well, you can follow First Women on Instagram, and I will make sure to plug all those things too, so people can. Find you and listen and you. follow you on Instagram. Give her a follow. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I support everything you're doing. Yeah, so I also noticed like, so no, uh, no, it's not a secret. I don't edit. This is just live from the beginning. I have the only time I will like stop is like if I screw up the intro because I got to get the intro right, you know? Right. And it's like early on, so. Why not? So I'll yeah. do that, and I have done that a couple times where I'm like, well, I didn't hit the sound button, so there's no music playing right now. I'm going to go back. But I don't edit, but I, I have been following you, and I did notice that, like, I know you edit your stuff. Yeah. Is that something yeah. you, like, learned on your own, or is that something you, like, knew how to do? Oh, yeah. It. I am going to be completely honest and say I'm totally winging it. And <laughs> I'm mean, hoping that 
someday if we get big enough and we start to get some income from it, we can afford to hire a sound mm, person. Yes. And we did have a sound person for a little bit, but our schedules didn't really align well. Yeah. And so he had to move on to other things and that's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I get we, it. There's a reason. There's several reasons that I don't edit. One is like, I could figure it out. Right. Sure. But yeah, it's, it's not definitely hard. It's just, I think doing it well is... Yeah, and it's just not worth my time. And I just, I kind of like the organic sure. feel of things. And I think that there's better things I can invest my time and energy into. And again, sure. it's kind of the same idea as you. Like, eventually, maybe we will. But yeah, it'll be uh, somebody else doing that and not myself. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, this time, Tessa edits the sound quality. Mm. And I edit the content so um cool i mean we want to keep it in a tight hour as best we can yeah and that never happens live so yeah we just kind of take out what we need to take out and then if it's still not close to an hour it's kind of like okay this is the hard part where you right where do you cut what do you that you don't necessarily want to take out but for the for the interest, best interest of the episode, it needs mm-hmm. to go kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot. It, it is time consuming and yeah. I, I'm doing my best. And I'm sorry if there's anyone out there oh, listening geez. that's like, oh my gosh, this woman is terrible at editing. <laughs> I apologize to all of you. You know what? Um, if they feel that way, they can go listen somewhere else. It, that or come help me or come help you yeah like either be a part of the process or like stop or complaining out. like i don't know i'm yeah. like that's something that i'm learning about myself one and this isn't i'm not trying to like go away from us talking about your podcast um but sure. i have very much learned that i care way too much about what other people think and uh-huh. so it's something that I'm working on. Um, I also, I take great pride in like, I want to learn. I want to learn about everything. And yeah. it's very painful sometimes because I want to just like snap my fingers and be like, there, I got it. You know, yeah, like, download yeah, yeah. that into my brain. Um, yeah. But it's something I'm recognizing in a lot of like leaders and people that have, um, are quote, like, thought of as quote successful in mainstream society potentially or you know businessmen or women or whatever but yeah this constant thing that keeps coming up of of these like successful leaders let's just say that it doesn't even have to be like mainstream society or whatever but just successful leaders or people that i respect and look up to just constantly saying like i just don't care like I just, you can't care yeah. about what other people think about and yeah. like like you said fuck them you know like whatever yeah. Um, yeah. If you're with me, great. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah. If you're not, that's okay. I'm sure you have a yeah, reason. Absolutely. That's and, fine. But yeah, I just, so, and it's funny because it's not like I get negativity. It's, it's my own brain. I fight with myself. Like yesterday I had yeah. a really hard day actually. And my wife and I were talking about it. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's part of the process. Um, yeah. But yeah, my wife and I were talking about it when she got home from work and I was just like, man, I had, I just had a shitty day. And the thing is, is that it was just this constant battle, this constant fight with my brain, with my own self of like my own like self-worth, my own self, like, I don't know. 
it's just so weird. It, it just was like this constant battle of um, caring about things I don't need to care about. And like, yet at the same time, I don't, but it's still a voice in my head that keeps talking, you know? Absolutely. I'm like, Ugh. like I'm, I'm, it doesn't alter. It's not altering because I have enough control and like no knowledge that I'm like, well, it's not going to change the, the path that I'm on. I'm going to keep going, but it's just yeah. not a healthy thing to keep having regurgitate. And I'm constantly like, I, I have this analogy I keep using of like that little devil on your shoulder and me just like arguing with this little devil on my shoulder being like, would you yeah. go away? And it doesn't go away. Like I'm right. still going to do what I'm doing. So like go away, right. you know? Right. Um, There's a, I, I mean, a lot of us have this inner critic that is telling us that we're worthless or we are not doing it right or, yeah. you know, or that nobody cares or that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, I had a friend recently tell me that she named hers and she named hers Aunt Lydia from The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Do you know that show at all? I, I know who you're talking about, but I haven't actually watched that, like, Okay. So, okay. But I know who so, you're about. so then I'm like, shoot, I need to name mine. And so I named mine Trunchbull from <laughs> the movie Matilda. You know that movie? No, but I like the name. That's so good. <laughs> Trunchbull. So I gotta uh, name mine. Yeah, you need to name yours, buddy. So Little um, Bastard or something. I don't know. Yeah, something. So uh Trunchbull is this like I mean, absolutely abusive principle from um, this, you know, kids movie, Matilda, yeah. um, that just like abuses these students terribly Trunchful. and te- like tells them that they're worthless, tells them that they're not doing it right uh, when so they're just perfect. children, you know? And um, so I named mine Trunchbull. So, and I have told some of my friends about it and they'll email me and, or they'll text me and be like, Tell Trunchbull she's being a little bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I hate hate it. It's just a constant thing. Yeah, it's helpful to identify that inner critic as something that's not you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or someone that is not you. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And, and, I mean, I think, I, I mean, it's no, that's, this isn't a new, like, uh, concept but knowing is half the battle and like recognizing Absolutely. it and like and again it's I think that in the past it's it's always been there but I think it affected the de- decisions in the path that I made so like I'm proud of myself for being like I hear you unfortunately but yeah. like you're not going to change what I'm doing right like you're not going to get in the yeah. way of my dreams and my ambitions and and what I'm trying to accomplish here so like please shut up you know and yeah. <laughs> like I don't know yeah yeah, eliminate the power from the other side. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know what can I so <laughs> uh, I I wanna like so I'm trying to change the way I ask this question in some way okay. and, and just in general, just because um I've had this we've I've brought this up many times, but Calvin is the one that's really made me think about this. Calvin Walter House go back and listen to one of the Bethel boy series. I think he mentioned it in there as well, but he mentioned the fact that like in America, we put so much value in our occupation and the thing we do and like whatever. And I don't, I don't want to put too much value in that. And I think the fact that we're 31 minutes in and I don't actually know what you're doing with your like career wise or like job wise, like 
I think that speaks to that. But at the same time, like I'm genuinely interested and I want to know, um, okay. what do you help me? How should I ask that question? How, what's the best way? Like, does that yeah. make sense? Like, I don't know how to. So to be completely honest, the way that you framed that, like you, the way that you introduced that question is going to help my answer quite a bit. Um, so to, let me think about this. This was April in April of 2016. Mm. I was, yeah, we're getting, we're getting back in the story 2016. That seemed to be a yeah. magic year for both of us. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. We're talking oh, okay. about, we're talking about 2018. I apologize. Ah, 18. Okay. Got it. I'm ready. Okay. I apologize. My, my uh, time map is all over the place. So April of 2018, I was working as a director, an assistant director to a child care center mm, cool. in college. In college, I changed my major nine times. We can get back to that later. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's dig into that yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay, we can unpack that. That's fine. Um, so, in I was a I ended up with a liberal arts degree, like yeah. you said, with a concentration on early childhood education. Okay. And so I was teaching for a while. I worked my way up to assistant director at a child care center here in South Bend. After after some moves across the country, yeah, um, I ended back up in South Bend with a and was an assistant director at a child care center. I loved that job. The company I was working for was not as supportive as supportive as I would have hoped. Um, and while I was there, I got this incredible opportunity to interview for. Um, for a nonprofit in Elkhart called CAPS. Great cool. organization. Okay. What's that stand for? CAPS stands for Child and Parent Services. Okay. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I would have forgotten. No, you're good. Um, so it's a preventative, um, it's a an organization that works to prevent child abuse. Very cool. In the Elkhart County. So lots of lots of preventative education, lots of um, intervention processes, and all that kind of thing. Um, it's a great organization. It really is. Yeah. Um, my relationship with the organization is not that great. However, that's that's my problem, not theirs, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so as so, I got the job, and I started in April of 2018, and I was just on freaking cloud nine. Yeah. I loved that job. I was the program director of parenting education. Um, and it was fantastic for a few months. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I found out that our program lost all of its funding. Basically Ouch. there was, yeah, there was some funding that trickled down from the organization as a whole, but we, we lost about $80,000 that was the bulk of our funding for our program. And when I heard that news, so I heard that news in July of 2018. When I heard that news, I kind of didn't, I couldn't really wrap my mind around what that meant. Yeah. And what that meant for me specifically. Sure. And so I kind of just carried on. I asked some questions, but I didn't really understand. Um, and after about a week, 
I, so there was, that was right before July 4th weekend. So, you know, there was a long weekend and then came back after like four days off and come back to the real world. And suddenly I'm realizing, oh, this is really serious. This could affect my job quite a bit. Yeah. And so after, you know, a few days, it came pretty clear that the program was going to have to be shut down because what else are we going to do? We don't have right. any money. Right. Um, so asking more questions, I decided to stay on as the program director and work to close the program the best way it possibly could be sure. in the most respectful of the employees, because, you know, it was my team. It was my team. Yeah. And I couldn't abandon them. So that's admirable. I thank you. And so I wanted to give them the respect they deserved and explain everything I possibly could Yeah, all like along the way. So letting my entire team go one by one up through September, you know, of course I asked a lot of questions to protect myself of like, what does this mean for me? Where am I going? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, the CEO, um, I'm trying to phrase this in a the most respectful way possible. Yeah. Because that's that's how we should live our lives. Absolutely. Um, the CEO, I don't know. I don't. I think she had good intentions when she said this to me. It didn't work out the way any of us hoped. I think. Yeah. Um, but she said, "Worst case scenario, you'll still have a job, but we don't know where that will be yet." Mm. And I said, "Okay." So I moved forward with that knowledge, saying, right. you know, thinking they'll put me somewhere kind of thing. Yeah. So it got to the week of my program closing and the HR director and the CEO asked me, so what's your plan? What are you going to do? And I said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What's my plan? What's your plan? Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, they said, oh, we don't have a position for you. And I said, I was under the impression that you would, like that there would be a place that was found for me, even if it wasn't the same position. And that just didn't work out. So quickly I had to figure something yeah. out. And Man. so I went, I scrambled and I got a, a position as a supervisor. I really liked the nonprofit world. I liked the yeah. um, preventative care world um and so i applied for a position um for a supervisor position at an organization called healthy families which is a program that is housed under other organizations so um found a job at a place in south bend that housed healthy families and um was a supervisor of a smaller team of um five direct service staff that had clients. So when, um, so when I was listening to Margie's episode, yeah. I was like, Oh, that sounds a lot like I, what I was doing. So I had, yeah. you know, a small team and on like each of my team members had a caseload and I yeah. worked with them to manage their caseload, you know, so very similar type of situation. Um, my caseload with all of my staff was about 80. I think Margie said hers was like in the hundreds. Um, but instead of mental health, it was, um, it was preventative 
care for mothers specifically mm-hmm. um, to educate, to assist, to empower them so that they put themselves out of risk for abusing their children. Yeah. That yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we worked a lot with DCS. Yeah. Um, worked a lot with shelters in the area. You know, mm-hmm. it was a pretty cool job. Um, there was a situation that came about. So I started that position in on October 1st of last year. Yeah. In April of this year, there was a situation where um, I was I was working with one of my staff on her time card, and um, she had made some errors on her time card and then tried to fix it, and it was just kind of, um, it didn't quite line up, and so instead of accusing her of anything, I asked some questions, and... Um, Long story short, I wanted to take the approach of coaching her and making sure she understood what needed to be done with her time card and making sure that she was not, you know, doing anything fraudulent with her time card and coach her through that. Yeah. Um, And the agency, HR, um, insisted that something more drastic be done where, you know, write-ups and what have you. And I said, you know, if that's if that's the route you want to go, that's fine. Um, your HR, you can do it right. that way if you want. So I kind of took a step back and allowed HR to handle it. Well, apparently, I in in that process, um, I was accused of time card fraud as well because it. The, I was accused of assisting that employee through her time card fraud, quote unquote. Um, And so we were both terminated. And so it was just kind of a roller coaster. And I don't know if roller coaster is the appropriate word, maybe just cliff dive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Janelle. Into a world of like, what is my worth without a job? Like Mm. I've been, I've been trying to do the right thing in both of these scenarios and both times I got heavily burned. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know where to go from here kind of thing. Yeah. And so I took about a week off to just process and deal. And sorry, I'm a little teary. You're okay. Um, and, uh, I just, I kind of shut down. I didn't talk to anyone. Yeah. I got I got a lot of uh, knocks on my doors and phone calls of people being like, can you just let us know you're alive kind of thing. It was a dark and twisty place. Yeah. And um, I will give a truckload of credit to Tyler Nasley Grant, which Tyler's been a guest before. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are two of my absolute best friends. I would be completely lost without them. And um, yeah. they are, yeah, they're wonderful. They live just three blocks away from me. And um, they did such an amazing job of, you know, letting me know that they were there, that they wanted to support me whenever I was ready, yeah. but not but giving me my space. So mm-hmm. they texted me like every day asking me to come over for dinner and every day I just didn't respond. 
and a couple times Tyler just well Ansley made up some um, almond flour waffles because I <laughs> I have a gluten I have a gluten allergy um, so she made up some almond flour waffles and Tyler walked them down and stuck them in my mailbox. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I know. So they were, they've just been incredible. Um, so after that dark and twisty time, I kind of just tried my best to pull up my bootstraps and get to job searching. Can I ask Um, when, what the timeframe of that was? Was that like still in 2018 or was that like early 2019? This this year. Okay. Um, April, 2019. Okay. Gotcha. That that happened. So I was at, I was at, um, healthy families from October, of last year to April of this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I tried really hard to, you know, work my connections, try and, um, try and put on a real strong face when I didn't have it Yeah. and, uh, get out there and do my best. And so I applied to basically everything. I would spend hours and hours at coffee shops, just applying, applying, applying to everything. Mm. And, um, and I never got a callback from anything, even like real strong connections that I had and I was working. I didn't get any callbacks. I applied to probably 50 jobs in the Mm -hmm. course of, um, two months, uh, that I never heard back from. Yeah. And, um, I had a couple interviews after that where, you know, I felt like there were some that I felt kind of wishy-washy about like, Oh, I don't think I did my best in that one. And I didn't get a call back and it's like, well, that's okay. Cause I feel like I can chalk that up to me not doing my best. Yeah. And then there were some other ones more recently where I really worked so hard and I was very careful and tried so hard and did my absolute best Yeah. and I still didn't get it. Those are the ones so, that hurt the most for sure. It, yeah. Yeah. They're very painful. And just the hiring process and like applying for jobs is one of the most like vulnerable and disheartening processes I think that you could probably ever go through. Absolutely. It's just because, and maybe it's because of the way I frame this conversation of the value that American society puts on career job uh, and, and your identity being based on those things. And I don't think that's right, but it's, I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. It's strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's where you spend most of your time. Yeah. It is It is a good chunk. If it's not all of your identity for some people, yeah. it's a good chunk of your identity yeah. because that's what you invest most of your energy into. Right. And um, not only that, it's what you've, in, in a lot of cases, hopefully, it's what you've studied for for yeah. most of your adolescence. And it's goals that you have and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's tough. And, um, yeah, go on. And there's a huge sense of rejection when you when there's something that you want so badly and then it mm. doesn't work out. Yeah, and I think that like I just had this thought that it's almost because we put so much value and identity into that, you know, the job or the the thing you're doing that work 
um, that it's maybe more of the root cause or like the why behind um, everyone pushing so hard for like find the thing you love and like be, you know, the thing that you're passionate about and doing that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, because yeah. it's, if you're not loving what you're doing because society puts so much identity and value into that, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. And not, and, and that's not even that last little bit that like, what's the point isn't even fair. That's not a fair like statement to be completely honest, but because there's value in being disciplined and taking care of your family and whatever that means and taking care of yourself or whatever that is, you know, but yeah. it just, I don't know. I just had that thought and, yeah. And absolutely. Like, um, for a lot of people trying to make a difference, I mean, a lot of people are out there doing their best to make a difference with their work, make a difference yeah. in the world. And that's a, been a lot of the motivation behind my work. The things that I've chosen to do is I want to make a difference. And yeah. I, that's, that was one of the biggest things that I loved about working in the nonprofit world, mm-hmm. especially in the realm of preventive, preventing child abuse, yeah. I felt like, yeah, maybe I was just a cog in the machine, but I was without that cog, you know. You had purpose, you had value. Yeah. yeah, like exactly. you Yeah, and I think it speaks more man. This like this is uh, the the fact that like your previous job like lost funding, you know? Like yeah. for something that's important. You know, I I just don't like those types of things. Like how, how can, how can companies sit back and watch that type of thing go on and like just let something fall apart because it doesn't have money. Money seems like such a shitty, shitty thing to not have, like to be a reason for something to fall apart, you know? Absolutely. And to be clear, I mean, you're absolutely right. And that does happen a ton. In this case, I should have been more clear. Sorry. It was a, um, it was an error of someone who was in charge of bringing in the funding, like writing the grants and stuff. It was a, it was a, an error on, um, a person, like a person within the agency's side. So even, but even so, right. I mean, like there should be some company out there that goes like, you know what, our bottom line and like us, us making money this year isn't, isn't important. What your cause is, is important. And like, here's some money to get you back on your feet until you can figure things out. Right. Like that's, that's, that's called humanity. That's called being human. That's called doing the right thing. And, uh, your bottom line your the, your finances whether you're you know break even that year or you whatever like yes you have responsibilities to your stakeholders to your investors to whatever but like be a good freaking human being and uh yeah. i'm telling you what that's like man i'm like that that hits me really hard um yeah like i that's in in so many ways that's what I want Crazy Face Uno to be. There's there's a future to Crazy Face Uno that, um, you know, I've got short, middle, long-term goals and, and sure. uh, people, projects, and causes. That's uh, uh-huh. that's what I care about and that's what I want to be a part of. And I have, uh, you know, zero dollars coming in <laughs> currently. But um, the future of Crazy Face Uno is supporting people and, and supporting people causes projects that uh that are important and that i that i want to 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 value and back and support and um 
because I think that that's important. I think that's right. And I think that's worthy. And I think that that's what we need to do as human beings in this world. Um, And uh, I want to be a part of people's story in in, in that way. So, yeah, that's honorable for sure. Well done. Thanks. I got got a lot of work to, a lot of ways to get there, but uh, one foot in front of the other. Your heart is very clearly in it. And that's very honorable. Yeah. I'm not stopping. And, uh, good for you. Don't get in my way because I'm, I'm coming through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Whew. Sorry. All right. Cut so you anyway, off. <laughs> to answer, no, 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 no. That was the perfect cutoff. Um, to answer the question in the very long winded way is, um, at this time, I, you, I guess you could say I'm in the beverage industry. <laughs> I uh, um, am working at Starbucks and I'm working at a liquor store. Yeah. Both filling in where I can. Um, So, you know, if you need your booze or your coffee, either one, come to me. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) I need both every day. Me too. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, I have no doubt that you. Um, are standing up tall right now in, in, sorry, I'm really emotional right now. That's okay. All right. Um, just give me a hot second here. (laughs) No, Um, no, but I I just want to speak to you, uh, directly and the world gets to listen to this, I guess, but, uh, I have no doubt that you're standing up tall and, and talking, you know, with your head held high and your shoulders yeah. up uh, right now. And I also know that you're probably struggling, you know, like we talked about before and earlier on. But know that your value isn't in those things and that even though we haven't stayed in close touch and, you know, we're not the closest friends, like, I love you, I support you, and oh. uh, you're more than what you do. And, uh, Thank you. timing is everything. I believe in purpose in this world and I believe things happen for a reason. Um, don't let those things drag you down. Um, but stay, stay focused, stay sharp, stay, stay on your game. And, uh, you know, it may take a long time and maybe you're right where you need to be. Uh, you don't know what the impact that you're going to have on someone's life is, and it could be the simplest thing. And so, yeah. um, that means so much, Shane. Thank you so much. And yeah. yeah, I I love you too. And there was a moment, maybe you remember, maybe you don't, when you were um when you were here in South Bend for a visit and this summer and uh we all went karaoke together. Yeah. And I I definitely because of other reasons had kind of a hardened heart on that whole experience, but um uh, when you approached me and said, you know, what are you doing with your life? How, how's how are things going? And I said, you know, I'm just living my life the best way I know how. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of stared at you and I think you were a little taken aback and like, well, I think we're all trying to do that a little bit. Yeah. I, honestly, <laughs> like I, I, have, I like I overthink everything. I publicly apologize for that. No, you're fine. Coming at you, but at that time, I didn't 
I was dreading that question from any of you guys. Yeah. And um, I didn't know how to answer it. So. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's okay. I don't hold anything against you for that or like I have moved I haven't forgotten, but um I just overthink everything. And again, sure. like I said, like I I care way too much about what other people think about me. So my immediate response is like what did I do? You know? Like Sure. I've changed so much and I've grown up so much and sure. uh yeah. Like we all have, you know, and like, absolutely. I, there's honestly, there's so much about my past that I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, and so like my immediate responses is like, did I, did I say something or do something back in the day that I've hurt her? And, uh, like, it's just such a silly thought, right? Like I, this is, this is right. what I've been talking about. Like, man, I cannot get it together. <laughs> I can't, I can't either. I'm right here with you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's like it's like a freaking waterfall. It just keeps going. I I don't want to cry. Like I can be emotional and not cry, but I I have all okay. of my emotions. I have all of my feelings. like come out through my eyeballs. And, yeah. <laughs> um. It's okay. Yeah. So anyway, like I, like that's that's more again. Like you kind of mentioned in one of your stories was like that's more on me than it is them. You know, like that's more on me yeah. than it is you. Like I I. I don't need to have that response and that reaction and that emotional, like, Oh no. Like, um, I need, I, I, I'm just working on being my best self too, to be completely honest. But, um, yeah. And I, I respect you. I respect what you, you know, your wishes and and what you said. And, you know, you reached out to me later and, um, I still had some question marks and like, you know, I overthink everything still, but, um, it's making a little more sense now, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll say this with as much gentleness as I can, because like you, like you said multiple times, we're all different people and we all made a lot of choices that we would not make again as we are now. Um, and I, I'll just say briefly, the reason that I had some hardness when kind of approaching that group is, um, there were a couple things and, um, not things, and I will say for your benefit specifically, there they were things that you weren't directly involved in. You were kind of by proxy. Yeah. But um, there were some things that uh, happened in our college years that made me kind of hardened. Um, sure. In a sense of, in a sense of like, oh, realizing that no one owes you anything. Like. Yeah. Oh. Uh, a friendship isn't always two-sided mm, a like your, your your view of what this relationship is or this friendship or whatever it is is almost never the same or almost yeah i'm trying to get this grammatically correct you're good you're good it's almost it's almost never the same as the other person's viewpoint yeah so like the way the way you look at this relationship it's so rare to find a friendship, a relationship, or any any type of relationship where both sides are completely at the same level of investment and at the same on the same page. Yeah, it's really rare to find that. And yeah. um, I just kind of had to realize that a lot of these friendships that I thought I had 
well, I still had, were not, their, their level of investment was not nearly at the same level that mine was. Yeah. And trying to make sense of that rather than be completely crushed by it Mm. took, took some willpower and, uh, discernment, I would say. Um, and so, and like never getting, never getting apologies for when I was hurt. Yeah. And, um, God, this is a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. We're, we got a doozy (laughs) here. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so good. Like I feel, I feel so happy and like fulfilled by where this conversation is going. I truly do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, never, never feeling justified or never getting apologies for some things that happened. And then, being kind of thrown into, not thrown in, I knew it was coming, but being suddenly in a situation where I'm encountering these people again 10 years later, Yeah, it's just like, wow, things can get buried and yeah. full of cobwebs for some time and then be freshened up in this, like... It's like flowers so thrown on them or something, you know, and they just become so visible. Quick. Like, it's, it's yes. they've always been there, but they just became visible again. And yes. and honestly, and this is like, man, this is like truth hour here, okay? But it you know is. the the um, when we all started to kind of talk about getting together, and I was firmly in the like, I don't really want to, I don't need to see anybody else but you guys. Like this isn't about anybody else. This is about us, you know? Yeah. And like, it's not about the fact that I don't care about other people. It's that. I wanted the richness of that group coming together and that group came together. And as you know, and as if you've listened, if you're listening and you've listened to any of the, the Bethel boys series or really any of my podcasts, cause I've brought it up. Like we lost a friend uh, to suicide and uh, you know, that, that was the first time that our group was all back together. And uh, mm-hmm. since then, and it was a, uh, you know, I think that time was important for all of us to be a part. Yeah. Um, and I think it was really important for us to all come back together and, and like, and I don't, and again, like it's, it feels so like shitty to be like, well, I didn't want you to be a part of that, but I just didn't want anybody to be a part of that. I wanted to just be able to, to heal and to reconcile and to kind of like build those relationships again. And, and that was important And, and it had nothing to do with like the value of another person, but man, how that could come across and man, how that could be, uh, from your point, point of view and from your perspective, you know, of, or just anybody's perspective outside that, that was in that group. There was a group of ladies. There was a group of people that also were a part of that group, you know? And, uh, I understand if there was hurt and and whatnot. Um, but I think, I think that, I'm I'm not going to be apologetic for like needing that and wanting that. And if that's just my own selfish gains, then that's my own selfish gains. But like, I needed that personally. And, uh, I think that it's been an amazing journey to have that group of guys back in my life and to see, to see how real and genuine those relationships were from college and to be able to pick up where we left off and to, look at the craziness that's going on 
in each of other's lives and be like, we're all in a thousand different places. Um, uh-huh. and each journey has looked completely different and whether you agree, disagree, you know, Tyler's back at Bethel, like who saw that coming? Uh, <laughs> Calvin's back, you know, in, in South Bend. Who saw that who coming? Who saw that coming? Um, <laughs> To be clear, we're all freaking delighted. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love it. Like, I'm so excited for everybody, right? And, like, I don't – this is something that I really very firmly believe. And if you've listened to um, Jonathan Moya, his podcast, and talking about border perspective, um, check it out. I mean – I'm going to. My my religious views and, like, my play, like, I just don't subscribe to the same things anymore. And uh, Uh – but that doesn't mean that I can't support something that does and sure. support truth and support, um, you know, the, yeah. the value of other things. And, and I feel the same way about the relationships I have, you know, uh, people are more than what they believe. People are more than their political views. People are, people are more than their religious views. People are more than the mistakes they've made. And, um, it's, you have to be healthy and you have to have healthy boundaries. And that's something that I'm, you know, working on and whatever, but, I can still value them as a human being and still still be there and p- still support them and still love them and and that doesn't change and it shouldn't change and yeah um yeah I don't know I don't know Janelle yeah but. well I mentioned when um when I did reach out to you after that boys weekend was over and um the episodes started you started to release the episodes with the Bethel boys and all yeah. of that and I almost reluctantly <laughs> listened to all of them. Of course I yeah. hopped on Tyler and Calvin's real quick. Cause they yeah. were, they're, so you're, they're you're closer to my, them. And, yeah. yeah. They're part of my almost everyday life. So, um, hopped onto those real quick and then almost reluctantly listened to listening to some of the others. Um, but going through with it, of course, just needing to know kind of where, where y'all were at are at at this time, 10 years later. And I mentioned when I messaged you, it was such a healing process for me. Um, and nothing that, nothing that you said and nothing that you said or any of the other guys said in any of the episodes had anything to do with me, but just being able to see their hearts or I guess, listen, to where their hearts are now and the kind of men they are now was such a healing thing for me of just kind of like, Oh, these guys like really have strong hearts and care about others and care about each other. And that's enough for me to know that, that that yeah, to know that I can be, to know that I'm impressed and um, honored to, have known them in the past is enough for who, for, for now. Like it's enough yeah. to heal from the past for yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, any of the Bethel boys who are listening to this, I'd love to get to know you all over again. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, if we ever have that chance, um, I'd welcome it with open arms and thank you for sharing. Honestly. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, and I, I'm right there with you because I feel like the heart behind everybody was what I took from from my time and that yeah. weekend. It's just like, man, yeah, the intentions yeah. are so well and so good and like just feeling, you know, it's yeah. allowed me to reconvene with um, yeah, and those I'm so guys. Grateful. And like, 
Yeah, I'm so grateful to you, Shane, for taking the initiative. I know it wasn't, again, I know it had nothing to do with me, but, and let me, let me rephrase that. I know it had nothing to do with me, and it was such a healing process as an outsider just to listen in. And so awesome. I'm very grateful. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, I again, I authenticity and genuineness and is important to me and that's what I want out of this podcast and I, we definitely got it today and uh, I think we got it there too you know and just sharing genuinely and authentically like man this is us and this is part of who we are and I don't know yeah. I I played a very small part in that gathering um, but you know I, I was honored that people were willing to you know share a little bit of their story um i know that that can be intimidating and reluctant people can be really reluctant to do that but i i appreciate it as well and i don't know so woo, janelle we need to take some deep breaths here yeah (laughs) woosa you know (laughs) man um here's what else (laughs) here's what i want to know about you because i'm all about focusing on the positive you know, positive storytelling, positive positivity. And I want to know your heart. I want to know what your dreams and ambitions are. And I know that's a really loaded question. So please understand. I know that. Quite. What's that? I said quite. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what are the things you care about? Okay. Um. So the first thing that comes to mind is community. I um, I mentioned a couple times that, well, at least once, that I made some pretty big cross-country moves after college. Yeah. I um, moved to Portland, Oregon, right afterwards, right after college, and, um, you know, quickly realized how devastating it can be to go from, you know, a really small, close-knit community with, you know, 2,000 friends available to you at all times Mm -hmm. um, to being somewhat isolated and not knowing anyone. Mm -hmm. And um, I, so at that time, uh, Tyler Grant had moved in. Before I graduated, he had moved in. He had moved to Portland as well, and he moved in with my parents. And so we were kind of all under this roof. And um, so he was there and it took me a few months to kind of realize, oh, I can't suffocate him. I can't make like yeah, it's not his responsibility that. to be my only friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I can't have my social life just revolve around him. I need to try yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so. Um, so and maybe he would argue that. It took me a little longer than that, but <laughs> I guess that's that's our own opinions. Um, and so I tried over the course of the three years that I lived there. I tried I, what felt like a lot to um, to really make connections. And uh, unfortunately, I was a nanny at that time, and so it was just kind of me and kids all day long. I didn't have yeah. a lot of adults interaction and it was hard it was really hard Mm. and so 
I understand that more than you know. I'm I'm sure. I want you to, I really, I'm, I feel that. I hear that. I feel that deeply. So go on. (laughs) So there were some other things. I won't get into it just for time's sake, but um, there were some other things that went on with my family where um, there was a lot of responsibility that I had to step up to, to take care of my family. And, um, which was, I mean, some could say noble, I guess, but it felt even more isolating because I didn't Mm. have a choice in it. Um, and so I didn't, I, I don't know. So in, in the times that I was making a lot of effort to meet people and have a social life, I felt again, a lot of rejection from people who, you know, saw our relationship as something else, saw our friendship as something Mm -hmm. else. And things just didn't really work out how I thought they would. And um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have the maturity to recognize when or how people were trying to care for me in their Mm. own way. Um, And isn't perspective everything. Right. Isn't maturity everything. (laughs) There's still some times where I'm like, Oh, I'm, it's so humbling to know that I'm so not there, but I'm trying, you know? Um, But, you know, I, some, some friendships that I thought I'd made had kind of crashed and burned. And so, there were, um, after all those things, after all kinds of things happened with my family, I realized I need to get out of here. You know, like Portland is a great city. The mountains are beautiful. The ocean's right there. There's so much to offer and I'm completely alone kind of thing. Um, and so I'm like, why am I spending my time here when I have so many great friendships back in Indiana, even though that's not like I've, I swore up and down that I'd never go back to Indiana (laughs) and, um, here you are pretty, here I am. Yeah. Pretty quickly after graduation. Um, I'm sure you remember Hannah Parsley. Her, her name is now Freda. Yeah. Yep. So she, she and I started talking on the phone, like neither of us planned it. It just kind of happened. We just started calling each other on the phone every day. And because we both just kind of needed each other at that time. And um, so I was like, my best friend, Hannah is in Indiana. She's going to need a roommate at some point. And hi, I'm right here. (laughs) So I, um, so I talked to her about moving and we made a plan and she, had already had a vacation plan to Disney in LA and she changed her flight to from going back to Indian Indianapolis to coming up to Portland. And she drove with me across the country to move to Indianapolis. And it was, it was beautiful. Like we, that was in 2013 and we still talk about it all the time. Like the, it was the road trip. Like it was the most, perfect time with a best friend Mm -hmm. and it was we were just having the time of our lives it was so fun and um so then I moved to Indianapolis I stayed there for a while um I had a I had a really good group of friends there some people that I'm still very close with and see often I was just down there this weekend and hung out with a couple of them and it was great 
Hey, Ryan. Hey, Julia. Hello. Um, and so after some time spent there, I started teaching and um, things kind of things in our little community, our group kind of drifted apart. A couple of people got married. Hannah got married. Um, another couple got married. People moved like, you know, it just kind of drifted apart. And I found myself spending a lot more time in South Bend than I was in Indy. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. I guess I'm moving back. And so in February of 2016, I moved back to South Bend. I lived with my parents for a minute. And then my sister and I got a house um, downtown. And now um, we've, my sister and I have each moved out of that house. And I've lived in my apartment by myself for a year and a half now. And I just freaking love it. Good for you. Um, yeah, I mean, since, I mean, my, my community was here for me, ready to go when I was, when I moved to South Bend and I just like jumped right in and it was beautiful yeah. and everyone was happy that I was here and it was like so healing to jump into that. Um, and since then, it's just kept growing and I have an amazing church community that i'm a part of i freaking have dinner i have dinner at my pastor's house with his family every monday his um his wife andrea and i go on a walk while he cooks dinner for us and (laughs) (laughs) it's beautiful i bring wine every week we have a great time um his kids make me laugh uh and they're younger their younger child liza makes like does these reports for me they're on my fridge i just freaking love them she like loves to learn about things and loves to study things and so she'll ask me like give me a topic and then she'll make a little report for me and i'll put it on my fridge and it's so beautiful it's just this i have this beautiful little life here where i have just (laughs) it's gonna get teary again do it i have so many people that I'm so blessed to be around Mm. that God that truly know how to show up for another person. That's beautiful. And they continue to do that for me all the time. That's what friends are for. That's what community is for. Yeah. So as far as community goes, although there have been times in my life where I've been, starving for it yeah i am completely gluttonous in my community right now and i am not taking it for granted ever (laughs) that's awesome so yeah god you're just pulling at my heartstrings today shane happy to do so (laughs) (laughs) me too i'm happy it's happening yeah i i love i love that you know i mean thank you I, just, I wish that I could stake some claim on being uh, or responsibility for it, but truly, I'm just here enjoying it. <laughs> but isn't isn't that the beauty of life? Of just like when you when you relinquish control and and like it doesn't mean you don't take steps and take actions like you did. You have, you know, yeah. 
Um, it doesn't mean you don't evaluate and you don't like look at your life and try to figure that out. It just means that like when you just put one foot in front of the other and you trust that process and you listen to yourself, listen to your heart, listen to the people around you, listen to what the world, you know, is telling you what, you know, whatever that is for you. I mean, if I just think that when you let go and, and just kind of trust and you just keep moving forward. Yeah. Again, it's a theme, but when you're living life on purpose, um, uh-huh. you find you find that you find where you're at, and it sounds like you've you're you're living life on purpose, even if it's not the life you thought you were supposed to live. Right. And yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't it funny how six years ago, thinking about my life, I mean, you mentioned when I sent you that picture, you you mentioned. Um, Thinking about 11 years from now feels like oh, a lifetime. Oh, my goodness. Even five years down the road, it's like, who even freaking knows? Like, Yeah. I'm a different person from six months ago, let alone like 11 yeah. years ago. Absolutely. And I changed from, you know, uh, how many times, like a million, <laughs> I don't know, so many yeah. times between those 11 years and today. And it's all, you know, yeah. are there things that are still true to me? Like, absolutely. Yes. And you're the same bubbly, loving, amazing woman that I knew back in college. But you're you're just who you are now, you know? And like yeah. You're never I, freaking I finished. No, you're never finished. And and you should never think of yourself as finished and no. should always be be striving for more and and to just like you had said, and, and to be the best person that you can be and to, and to be the best version of yourself. There's yes. nothing wrong with that. That's always, yes. that's, that's like, that's what I want. And ultimately that's what I want. I, I want some other things with that, but like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that when I, when you're focusing on that and focusing on what matters in life, that those, the other things, the trivial things, the material things, just, they like find their way to you. Yes, absolutely. Ooh. Ooh. We're gonna we're gonna wrap her up right there, Janelle. Yeah. Is there I anything you wanna? Is there anything you wanna leave us with? You anything you wanna say? Anything you wanna tell us before we go? Um. Yeah, I mean, if I could plug a couple things. Plug away. So, there's a couple things that I just deeply feel that everyone should be paying attention to no matter what your um religious stance is no matter what your social stance is i think it's important to see the perspective of others Mm. and there are a couple things that really bring that out um a couple instagram pages uh, one called Shit You Should Care About. Yep. One it called... Down. Yeah. Um, one called The Naked Pastor. Okay. And if you don't know about The Happy Givers by now, come on. <laughs> the Happy Givers. I don't yes. know if I do. I'm missing out. Yeah. Okay. So there's three. Um, this another... is on Instagram. Those are on Instagram, yeah. I'm just going to say them again. Shit, shit, shit you should care about. Yes. 
The Naked Pastor. Yes. And The Happy Givers. Yes. So all of those, there's no underscores, there's no dashes or anything. They're all just smashed together. Boom. Go check it out, people. Yes. And then one more, or two, two more things. One is a podcast called Blue Babies Pink. Um, it is, there's only 44, I think, episodes of the podcast and they're really short. They're like seven or eight minutes each, Okay. But, which makes it so fantastic to listen to, you know, as you're getting ready in the morning, as you're washing the dishes, whatever it be. Yeah. It's such a perfect amount of time to just listen to a little snippet because also it gets, it's so rich with mm-hmm perspective that sometimes you just need a minute to meditate on something he said for a moment but um the topic is um he this man his name is brett or no bt bt something oh shoot i'm this this is a failure (laughs) it's all good blue baby's pink uh, we've got that so we can go blue baby's pink that is the that is the podcast he talks about his life growing up in a conservative Southern Baptist community and coming to the realization that he's gay and struggling with that shame of his, like the shame of how he was raised and going like going against that and trying to make decisions that Mm. are honorable, but true to himself and all of that thing. He does an amazing job of not imposing what not imposing what his beliefs are um presently yeah Um, i like that it's just he's just factual truthful honest about everything he experienced growing through that process and it's no matter what your stance is on any lgbtq issues yeah it's an important thing for someone to listen to yeah Absolutely. I I agree completely. Yeah. And finally, the last thing I would be remiss if I didn't mention my good friend, Joe Boffman. He is a musician. You can find him on, um, on Spotify. He, his band is called Joe Boffman and the Righteous Few. He also has another band called the Flying DeSelms. And awesome. he is just truly I think the most talented musician I've ever come to know. Awesome. And he is so fun, so deep, so amazing. Everyone go find him. He's also on Instagram, Joe, uh, JB and the righteous view, I believe. And the righteous view. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll post these within the pot of the, the post as well. So we can Perfect. shout those people out. Um, yes. as well. And I would like to not only tell people to go follow those, but don't forget, uh, first woman, first women, gosh, yeah. first women okay. podcast, first women podcast. Yeah. And that is on Instagram, uh, at first women. Is it at first women it's podcast or is first it women podcast. at yeah. first women podcast? So go follow them as well and, and give you guys a listen. Yes. Thank you. <sighs> Absolutely. Love you, Janelle. Thank you so much you for coming on the podcast and sharing your heart and uh, being vulnerable. And man, the rawness of this one is impeccable. So, yes. 
Thank you so no, much. No, I, I'm so grateful to you, Shane, and thank you so much. Absolutely. Let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. All right. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on and listening. And if you made it this far, uh, thank you again. Yeah. Follow all the uh, Instas, the podcasts, the things that we just plugged. I'll, I'll plug those in for you as well. Don't forget, do good, make a difference. If you have the time, if you have the means, if you have the ability, go check out our website, crazyfaceuno.com. Uh, there is a new donation button um, under support and contribute at the top. You can click on that and you can get involved with some of the projects that we care about and uh, support the podcast, support the vision of Crazy Face Uno. I would really appreciate it. Thank you again. We love you. Peace!